everyone. It's Aisha here from God FM. I hope you're having an amazing day. Praise the Lord. It's today, Sabbath day. I don't know actually the date, sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting to check that before I try and do a sermon to you. Uh, may God be with you on this uh, wonderful day. Um, <laughs> I've had an incredible week. It's been up and down and up and down. Praise the Lord. Everything raises me higher. And what I'm finding is it's all a test. All of it's a test on your faith, your belief, your trust in God. Uh, I actually met a gentleman this week who, um, funnily enough, um, I, I bumped into this guy and he looked a bit down. And, uh, and I said to him, are you okay? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, are you sure? He said, no, not really. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, oh, I'm having a really hard time. He said, I've gone through a divorce and all this. I said, oh, goodness. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He said, um, no, it's okay. I said, are you sure? He said, oh, well, go on then. So I prayed with this chap. And, uh, and I mean, I'd had a really good night's sleep, so I was feeling on top of the world. Um, for this day, um, but every other night's been torture, you know, torturing in the house with all the funny electrics and stuff. So I prayed with him and, um, and then I asked him a bit about his faith. You know, do you believe in God? Um, what do you believe? And he said, oh, I believe in God. And I was like, right, okay. Um, he says, I was baptized as a child. I said, oh, were you? That's very interesting. I said, um, but have you done this as an adult? And he said, no. I said, well, you need to do it as an adult. I said, let's start again. And he said, okay, what we'll do, I said, is we'll do the sinner's prayer and we'll make sure that the Lord knows who you are. And he said, okay, that sounds good. So I said, right, let's get on with it. And so we prayed to the Lord. We did the sinner's prayer and he handed his life to Christ. Well, I said to him, well, you know, have you been baptized? Yeah. He said, oh, yes, as a child and all this stuff. Yeah. So we covered all this. I said, well, you need to be baptized as an adult. Um, I said, would you like to be baptized? He said, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's be baptized. I said, okay, then let's be baptized. So I took him into the sea and I baptized him. And then he told me that he'd had the injection. And I was like, okay. Well, this I believe is the mark of the beast. I said, we need to do a repentance prayer over this. He said, okay. So we prayed to the Lord and we ask forgiveness for everything that's happened. And I feel that the Lord forgave him. And in this way, another person was saved. You see, I'm finding that the churches aren't really educating the people as to what they need. Um, people aren't reading the Bible for themselves. They're just relying on the churches and the priests. So, anyway, 
we got chatting and whatever and uh, I then took him for lunch and we agreed to meet the next day. So the next day I thought, you know what, I'm going to get all done up and drive around in my God FM car and just really have a good day with this guy and really show him a nice time with the Lord. Brought some books with me and thought, you know, we'll do some studies and uh, things like this. And so I went all over the place. Um, went from one town to another town and I also picked up some Bibles uh, from one of the shops that they collected some Bibles for me. And then uh, went to meet him. And <laughs> he was waiting there, but he told me that his phone had broken and whatever. So we drove around and uh, we went to get some food because I was hungry um, and he was hungry. So I got lunch as well. And then uh, we went, I wanted to go to this shop uh, because they do watermelons. And I pulled up there. I put the um, hood uh, down when I was leaving and suddenly the car just stopped doing what it's meant to be doing. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> and the hood just wouldn't work. I thought, oh well, the hood's broken, obviously. Uh, better try and drive it to the garage. Um, and only a couple of weeks ago, uh, I took it to the garage because it was running very hot. And they charged me something like 80 pounds to check the car over to tell me that there was nothing wrong with the car and I was imagining it. I've got two other cars and they've also got problems overheating. Someone's meddled with the cars. So anyway, um, <laughs> I went to try and drive the car and the power steering wouldn't work. I was like, oh no, this is very strange. I thought, what's going on here? And it just wouldn't work. I thought, right, okay. And as I drove it, it was like driving a 10, 20 ton truck. And I was thinking, well, this is very strange. What's going on here? And so I just couldn't get the car to work at all. I thought, well, I'm gonna have to drive it up the hill, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to get it to my garage. So I thought, right, okay. I'll drive it to this other garage that I know. So I drove it up to there. And then while I was driving it there, it was just so hard to turn it. Took it there and, uh, <laughs> well, world has a funny way of playing out things. There was a guy there um, who worked there, who um, I knew from the past and we'd had a fallout basically. Um, and, so now I was at the mercy of someone who probably was not my best of friends. But anyway, um, I did what I could and I apologized for anything I've done, you know. Sometimes the past comes to haunt you. It's funny, isn't it? So anyway, I thought, right. <laughs> I said um, to my friend, right, we'll go off, um, and walk and I also met another friend there and it's funny how things work out 
another friend who I hadn't seen for years. And she, she was a really sweet lady uh, from Brazil. And so anyway, then we, uh, we came back to my house in the end. And um, the evening was quite good. I fed him, uh, gave him some dinner. And uh, then uh, my house floor started to shake. And, he, um, and I was showing him some maps that I'd done some work on. And uh, the lights that I had on were on the floor between the dining area and the lounge. So we leaned down there to, to look at the maps. Um, and so when we did this, the, the ground started to shake for him. And, uh, and he said, oh, he said, I'm feeling really unwell. He said, the floor's shaking. I said, oh, so you can feel it. <laughs> he said, yes. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, this happens in my house all the time. I said, they've messed with the electrics. I said, uh, he said, I can't, he says, I can't st st sit down here. He says, I, I can't, can't cope with this. So he got out. And, uh, and so this went on for hours, this buzzing electric stuff. And then it was nice to have a witness because I've called many people to come and help me with it. And they all go, I, don't, I can't feel it. Or I don't know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, there's lots of other things that happen with my electrics, things that cause headaches and um, all sorts of things, really bad headaches and uh, earache and heartache and muscle ache. It's all sorts of them, coughing. Um, so anyway, finally, I was just, we didn't sleep because we were just chatting all night. Finally, he left. And then I thought, well, I'm very tired. So I went to sleep and I really felt sorry for myself, actually. I felt very defeated. Uh, also, when the garage saw the car, they said, oh, these cables have been, uh, have snapped on your car. And I was like, right. He said, it's unusual for them all to snap at once. I said, yeah, is it? He said, yeah. I said, well, it's only just come from the garage. Um, he said, well, they should have spotted this. And so anyway, Someone's been tampering with my car and uh, and I think it could have killed me, you know? And I had this friend in the car also. So this whole attack on me is taken on a whole new level as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the Lord was obviously with us because uh, when the belt snapped, uh, well, there's several belts that snapped, um, we were at least stationary, um, not moving. Otherwise, you might have hit a tree or something. So these are the things that uh, I found that I've experienced by um, by my life with the Lord. And, well, when you work for the Lord and you're singing the truth and you're telling the truth about what's happening, I think it can uh, bring you under attack, like I have come under attack. So I... You know, I assume it's just part of that. And it's very frustrating. Um, sorry, I've got a bit of an attack on uh, my electrics as we're talking, so I'm just trying to manage it because it's giving me a headache. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's horrendous, it is.
Um, so I thought, right, okay, so I felt really defeated. Um, and I felt that, you know, what, what's going to happen next, you know? Um, so anyway, I'd phoned the garage that day as well from my office number, so all my calls are recorded, and uh, asked the garage about what they'd done on the car when they were diagnosing the heat and the overheating, uh, because I had a report which I'd paid for, uh, 80 pounds. And obviously they didn't find the fault because whatever else. Or someone's tampered with the car even more. Uh, so, um, so that I took quite seriously. So I phoned the garage and they were really off with me. They spoke to me like I was uh, something off your shoe. Yeah. And uh, all I asked was, um, could you tell me if these straps at the front for the steering and all things were secure, the rubber straps? And then they just launched at me. And, uh, and I just said, well, you know, something's happened with the car and I just want to know whether it's been tampered with or whether it's a wear and tear thing. Um, and basically the guy was just so rude to me. It's a garage I've used for three years for my vehicles and I was like totally shocked I was <laughs> astounded uh, so anyway I just thought right okay uh, and I even drove up there and uh, with the car once it was refixed um, and confronted the guy and he was rude to me even directly to my face he had the gall to speak to me like something off his shoe, even in front of me. And this is with a car that's fully branded with God FM. I was very surprised. But um, actually I'm not surprised because I'm finding that uh, people are um, definitely anti-God at the moment. And there's a demonic uh, control that's running the world. Uh, I think it's something to do with 5G, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, electrics, and injections, <laughs> and Satan controlling those people. Uh, you know um, how sometimes you can get an attack from people and it feels like they know you, don't they? And they just know too much about you. Well, this is because it's uh, Satan's hive mind. And before uh, the injections, there was already this in place. It was just people of Satan who were possessed. You know, they, they hadn't handed their lives to God. So they were under the control of Satan, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. So in this way, I thought, well, okay, all we can do here is... Uh, take on board what's happening and it is like a horror show it's frightening it is not pleasant um, but while my friend was here the, this uh, gentleman that I baptized he had told me that he was about to give up on the Lord because he'd had such a hard time and uh, well, when he saw what I was going through I think it made him realize his 
his ordeal didn't even touch the sides compared to what I'm going through. And um, and I said to him, how, how would you feel if you were the Lord and you had this child of God worshipping you and everything's great and they pray to you and you answer their prayers and then something happens and, um, you know, their prayers aren't answered or whatever and then they abandon you because of that one incident. I said, you'd feel totally disappointed. And so I want to bring this to you as well. So I think that the Lord is testing us all. I think there's a lot of us going through trials. And uh, so if you can imagine that the Lord answers your prayers, but may not answer all of them, maybe you're going through a really horrible struggle and the Lord isn't listening or answering your prayers, because he's testing you. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who have had hard times. They've prayed to God, their prayers haven't been answered. So they've turned their backs on God. In fact, I've met a lot of them. And they say, oh no, they don't believe in God. Um, this is really disappointing. <laughs> so yes, there's that. Uh, what else is there? Um, so this week has been uh, horrendous, horrendous in the house with attacks through the electrics again and again. Um, but the Lord has helped me um, and he protects me. And so he's the ultimate author and authority above all authorities. And I know that he's in control of everything and if I'm going through this it's because I need to go through this for whatever reason but I know that God is with me and there's nothing no one can defeat me when I've got God with me and uh, and I also don't take it personally as well because when this first started I thought oh you know got so many enemies <laughs> it's crazy uh, and this is a definitely a local attack because they control my Apple TV and they control my Wi-Fi and they control my Bluetooth um, and they hack all my devices. Um, and they control my electrics through it as well. They've got a 5G device, I think, in my home, which they switch on and off, which hurts my head. Um, funnily enough, there was an article my friend sent me, Cornelia sent me, about Putin, um, who's uh, had reports from the schools about the 5G towers, that it's affecting the children who are unvaccinated with headaches, nausea, and all sorts of problems, heart palpitations. And he's demanded a full investigation into 5G. And I thought, well, that's good. So this confirms all of my suspicions. Hmm. Those people who've had the injection, they're not affected by it. But the ones that have not uh, received the injection, they can be affected by the injections, uh, by the 5G, and uh, also devices, phones, um, and all those sorts of things. Very interesting it is. 
Now, I believe these 5G towers are the towers of Babel, uh, which are the towers of Babylon. Babel, Babylon, Babylon. Um, how I hadn't connected that before. Thank you, Lord. That's very interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Hear this. Babel is Babylon. Wow. Now, Nimrod, who uh, was at the Tower of Babel, is actually a descendant of Ham, by the way, if you read all the other books. Um, so, in Ham's line, this is after the flood, okay, so they had the flood, and Noah and his three sons, Ham, uh, Shem, and Japheth, uh, survived the flood with their wives. So there was eight of them. And then Ham's, I think it was grandson or son, uh, went adventuring and um, started looking at some of the carved images and idols stuff that was a uh, remnant like left over from before the flood. And I thought, oh, this is so interesting. And... God had made Adam and Eve some clothing, which would have been incredible, uh, supernatural clothing that he made them after the Garden of Eden and whatever. And uh, Nimrod, through his, you know, lineage of Ham, ended up with the clothing. And this is why he became the most powerful ruler of the whole world, Nimrod. Tower of Babel, Babylon. Whew, hadn't connected that before. So very interesting. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton, she's been very interested in the Tower of uh, Babel and Nimrod. And uh, that's why they've been doing their sort of um, studies and uh, the war on terror, Iran, Iraq and all that. Uh, because I think this is some, something to do with that. Uh, the other thing about Hillary Clinton is she's tried to fire a rocket um, to to the um, dome, the top of the dome, because this Earth is a dome, um, and it's come back, and and she's even spoken about it live that they couldn't penetrate the dome. Now I believe the dome is uh, made of ocean water, and just like we have ocean water down here because that's what it says in the bible um when you look at the description of how the um earth is made uh first there's darkness also then there's light so you know with the uh masonic people they like um their checkered boards black and white and all this other stuff they're also their compass is very interesting because if you look at the compass and uh, their north, east, south and west, it's slightly differently positioned on sort of their old articles of books and things I've noticed. But also their uh, compass um, that they measure with, you know, when you're at school and you've got one of those things that you can draw with circles, it's got a pointy thing and then you've got a thing where you can put the pencil through and you can draw a circle. Uh, so basically, that's what the Masonic sign is. They've got that pointy thing as a triangle pointing upwards, 
and then they've got something underneath which is um like a ruler that's folded in half um at an angle um <laughs> and you know when you look at it you you know i think it's god's way of measuring us the plumb line if you like through the enemy because the lord gave over everything to nebuchadnezzar i want to explain something to you as well the way i understand it is that we didn't follow god we worshiped idols we sacrificed our children to idols after he saved us from egypt we became more wicked than the people of egypt and when moses gave us all the laws uh there was something like 600,000 of us on one hill moses on the other hill giving us all the laws and all the blessings and the curses and if we didn't follow everybody you know with follow the lord's laws uh we would be cursed now way it worked on this very interesting it is moses gave us the laws and he gave us the commands and uh he also gave us the blessings and the curses and when he did this as he did so we all went amen so we in effect cursed ourselves by uh not following god so finally after king david we had solomon and then we had uh, the kings of israel and then we had the kings of judah now there's no good kings of uh israel at all israel because <laughs> uh, it's split up into two um but there were a couple of good kings of uh of Judah Josiah um and Jehoshaphat was quite good as well um and I think there was another one uh, so Hezekiah yeah so um it's just just something I wanted to bring up as uh, so <sighs> finally because uh, we we deceived ourselves and we lied to God and we lied to ourselves and we sacrificed our own children to idols God first punished Israel is real and then he finally punished Judah um and he handed us over to Nebuchadnezzar Now the interesting thing with Nebuchadnezzar when he conquered us at Jerusalem is he camped outside uh the walls of Jerusalem for something like 16 months i can't remember exactly how long it was but something like 16 months so we couldn't go out and get food and we ended up starving yeah starving hungry um because it was a fortress to get into um and this is why david liked jerusalem you know he conquered it and took it over but also i want to bring up the jebusites jebusites were a problem um and they were the original inhabitants of jerusalem and they were still a problem when david was around and i believe they were never killed out now i believe the jebusites are the fake jews and they mixed in with the ishmaelites um as well 
and the Edomites, which is uh, Jacob's brother, Esau. Now, it's interesting because Esau um, was supposed to get the birthright. And then uh, Jacob's mother, Rebecca, had told him, no, no, dress like your brother. So Esau was very furry. Um, and Isaac really, his father, really liked Esau more than he liked Jacob. And Rebecca, um, you know, obviously really liked Jacob. Uh, but the Lord hated Esau, but he loved Jacob. So very interesting. So anyway, Jacob pretended to be Esau uh, to get the blessing, which you had to get uh, from your father to get the inheritance. And obviously, he was the second son. Now, this is another thing I found very interesting because um, Isaac is also the second son because the first son was Ishmael, uh, which is um, also interesting. So we've got two first line, Ishmael and Esau, who became our enemies, even though they're our brothers. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, and there's lots of things with the twins. And I always think this when I look at Hitler, because he was very fascinated with twins. Now, Hitler's another one that's interesting, you know. I've listened to all of Hitler's speeches, and uh, he was trying to protect his country from the Rothschilds banking cartel, and he didn't want his people enslaved by them. This is all his speeches said, and that he'd defend his country and his people with his life. And he built an incredible army, and he nearly succeeded. But um, it was actually the English um, who bombed um, uh, Germany at night, like innocent residents. And uh, this is when Hitler surrendered in the end. But his people loved him. You can see this from all the videos. So also just revisit what you've been taught. Because um, they make him out to be this ogre. But I think that Hitler needs to be looked at more carefully. Hmm. Now, the other thing I talked about with my friend was uh, what they teach you at school. So uh, they teach you about World War One and World War Two, um, and that's it. And then you're absolutely fed up. You don't want to know anything about history. Now, history is his story, which is Jesus' story, his story and the truth will set you free. So we need to look at history and really revisit. Now, I believe there was a reset. I believe Jesus died in 753, which is 1753. It's 270 years ago. That's what I believe. Um, and uh, they've reset everything. They've created World War One and World War Two to get rid of all our history. Um, anybody who was around, they put them in mental asylums in beautiful buildings and uh, <laughs> they uh, auctioned off our children. They could also make children grow a whole year 
in a month. And that's where you get the orphan trains. But also, technology was free electricity before. Um, and all of the train tracks, I believe, were there for um, these type of ball type things that would project into the sky and fly. Um, so, because I've seen the pictures. Um, and I can't think of a better way of punishing people than to make them farm um, coal and creating coal steam engines. Uh, that really was horrible, a horrible time. So I believe they really manipulated all our technology in this way so that we had to pay for everything. I mean, utility is utility. Why? And uh, because of what we did in the Garden of Eden, the Lord said to Adam, you will till the ground and you'll never, um, you, well, he said you'd sweat from your brow. But also back to where I was when we were um, punished, he gave command to Nebuchadnezzar. He blessed Nebuchadnezzar to conquer us. He gave us over to our enemies and he said we'd be enslaved by our enemies, that we'd serve other gods, we'd till the ground and we'll never own it. So that's why we've got this thing with electricity. That's why you've got the black wire and the red wire. Red wire is the blood of Christ. Black wire is black for Satan. Um, and then you've got the earth wire, which is the heart. Um, anagram for heart. So it's got too many feeds, I think. Uh, so, hmm. <sighs> and the reason they did this is so you've got an alternate current and a direct current, so you get charged because they have to feed it through a system to charge you for it. Now, everybody's uh, houses, they've all got meters now. Uh, most of us do anyway, um, with the smart meters, with chips. Um I don't have one, but because I don't have one, someone's obviously adjusted all my electrics. And I don't think it's just me. I think it's happening at a very large scale. Then we've also got these chips for the water meters, uh, water um, drains. And I want you to look at the drains. Next time you're walking along the street, look at the drains and look how old they look. And uh, these metal covers, there's also things that they've been putting in them. Um, there's a lady on TikTok talks about it. What are they? What are these devices? What is going on? Hmm. Um, also, post offices. That's a very interesting thing, I think. Um, <coughs> the post boxes. <coughs> and the telephone boxes. Okay. Post boxes, um, they look old. They look very old. The big metal ones. And the keys look old for them as well. Uh, that's what I think anyway. And then we've got all the old fashioned telephone boxes, the red ones. I look at all the furniture 
Now, Jesus was a carpenter, and his father was a carpenter. So, all of this wonderful furniture that we've got from the 1800s, supposedly, is from that time. When you start to think about it, that's why we don't make furniture like this. We don't even make properties. We can't make any of the stuff that we could make before. Who built the piers? How do you build a pier? How do you stop the ocean while you build a pier? Uh, why in my town have I got huge, big, huge stones that are the size of trucks with big metal rings inside? Where do they come from? Why do we have a hot bath where I live that they've shut down? With Why is there a water system that isn't used anymore? And you can see that there was because you can see the structures of these old bridges something happened we've been lied to that's what I think anyway <laughs> um, Mr Livingston who discovered most of the places in South Africa well I found that also hard to believe because there's only one living stone and that's Jesus Christ I believe anyway so I find this all very interesting I don't know how you find it, but I find it all very interesting. So, what else can I tell you? Um, I think that the world's gone mad. I don't think there's many humans left. Oh, i tell you what else is very interesting. I forgot to tell you about. Last Saturday, um, at about 11 o'clock, I noticed this funny lightning. Now, where I live, I overlook four, three, four bays. And I could see lightning all over. I could see it over four different towns. Where I live, it's like a big circle. So. And uh, on one side, it was orange lightning. And it was very close to the ground and it looked like the lightning came from the ground. And then there was on the right hand side, white lightning. Um, and it was like cloudy lightning with lots of little bits of lightning together. Yes, not like big tall lightning, okay. And it was very close to the ground. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then it went away. And then we had another bout of electric lighting. I thought, oh, that's very interesting. Another bout of electric lighting. Okay. And so, with this electric lighting, it went on and on. And I thought, well, I'm going to try and film it. But I didn't see as much. I don't think I saw orange lightning. So I actually filmed it. And, uh, and then I stopped filming it. Uh, but it actually came right over my house. Um, and it wasn't big, tall pieces of lightning. It was short, little pieces of lightning, little strands, like veins, little sort of electrified little things, yeah? And it was right over my property, right over the window. Quite frightening it was. And it's just like when I saw this happen with the cows. Now, in this whole episode of having electric problems, 
I ended up driving around in the car one night. Um, it was a Friday night and I decided that I'd just be better driving around. And I'd parked up in this little cul-de-sac, not cul-de-sac, sort of long lane where the lights were quite far apart and it was quite nice and dark. And I thought, well, I could probably sleep here. But they put stuff in the car, so the car was shaking as well. So it was difficult. And uh, I was on the phone to my friend in the States. And I noticed this lightning had gone across the lights vertically. And I thought, what's that? I thought I must have imagined it. And then I saw it again. And then I saw it again. And then I, I noticed that there was this funny light coming from the field. And I thought, what's that? And it was like hazy lightning in a cloud. Lots of little bits of lightning. And I listened and I could hear the cows crying. And they were crying and wailing, like not happy cries. And I thought, they're not very happy, these cows. Not very happy at all. And so I thought, well, what can I do here? And my friend said to me, oh, why don't you try and film this? And I said, well, I would, but if I switch on the other phone, because I can't film on this phone, if I switch on the other phone, they're going to know where I am. And so I was like, right, I can't um, possibly switch on the other phone. And then she said to me, well, you know, is it ongoing? I said, yes, it's just going on and on and on. And, uh, and it's really horrible. And uh, I was like, oh my goodness. So that's when I realized, okay, they're doing something to the cows. Now there was a big building and it did look quite industrial. And I think it was connected with what was going on, but it, it was a residential area. Also, while we're on the phone, uh, while we're talking today, while I'm doing this broadcast, I want to let you know that I've had problems with my electrics and I'm under attack with things trying to hurt my head. And uh, so I've switched off my uh, internet, okay? And I've got in my bedroom, um, I've actually got the internet set up on my Apple TV. Psalm 32, blessed is he whose transgression okay. forgiven. And it's still working. And I've unplugged my internet. But this is still playing. Of course, now that I say this, it's not going to work. Don't you find that interesting? So this is what I'm finding. It's all AI. Um, and it's trying to be clever. And uh, obviously, it's not very clever. That's the way I see it. Um, and so, I want you to think about this as well. Just to know that we are dealing with something that's opposite to God. So the devil is dead, lived backwards. And uh, this means anything to do with the devil is bad. So this is sin, sin, death, darkness, 
Anything like this leads to death. And so with us, we've got life if we're alive in Christ. So being alive in Christ, we have light, we have the truth. We have the living spirit within us. If you're reborn as well, this makes you alive as in real, is real, have eyes to see and ears to hear. I want to also bring up something that occurred last Saturday. So I went to uh, this uh, service and, uh, and it was quite pleasant and I'd been there once before and there was a, a pastor there, a retired pastor, um, who's also from Africa and all the rest of it. And I told him the week before about the stuff I'm having happen. And I joined this uh, group because I thought I could do with the moral support, you know, at a personal level. I wasn't trying to compete or anything. I was just looking to join other like-minded people. And uh, so I'd asked the other pastor to come to my house and pray over it. But no, that never happened. And I also asked this pastor if he would pray for me, come to my house and pray for me because I'm under a demonic attack. And uh, what I got in reply was, oh yes, I've cast out many demons out of people. Many people are possessed by demons and all this other nonsense. Um, but, you know, no, no uh, further developments in terms of, I'll pray for you. And I was like, okay. So this was very interesting. And I thought, okay, what are we going to do here? And so I said to the Lord, well, I joined this group to try and get support because I feel alone. I don't feel there's many people like me. In probably the whole of my town, I don't think there's another person like me. Certainly not probably in the whole of Devon. So anyway, so I'm finding. And so I went there last week and uh, as I say, the, the service in the first half was good. The lights were off and the curtains were open. Then um, in the second half, they closed the curtains, put the lights on and everybody fell asleep. And um, everyone was asleep. And there was a photographer taking photographs of everybody being asleep. And, uh, and there was a minister person speaking and he kept whispering in, e um, in each, you know, with the cameraman's ears, they kept whispering in each other's ears. Uh, as the service was going on and everyone was asleep and then kept, you know, photographs, photographs. And there was uh, another person in front who kept nodding off. But when he was awake, he was always trying to film on his phone and also kept trying to film me and photograph me too. I thought it was really interesting. I thought I'd tell you about it. 
because I'm not going crazy. So anyway, and when I uh, noticed it, I just thought, oh, this is odd. And then, of course, uh, the person stopped trying to photograph me and film me and whatever. And so when I realized that uh, I was being photographed as I was nodding off, because I couldn't keep awake and I had had a full night's sleep, I realized that actually this looked really bad. I've gone to a service and I'm falling asleep. Um, And I just couldn't help it. I couldn't stay awake very easily. It was very hard. I had to really fight to keep my eyes open. So, and I wasn't the only one. And obviously I confronted a few people about it as well. And said, is it normal for you to have the curtains closed and the lights on? I said, everyone went to sleep. Apparently because of Zoom and their projector, they need the lights on and the curtains closed. I said, it's not normal. Is this what you do? To worship the Lord. So I probably got some backs up by saying this. And then when we went down to eat, um, the pastor that I had spoken to the week before and asked him to come and pray for me or to pray for me even then, uh, who didn't, um, while we were sitting down, he said, oh, how are you getting on with the demons? The big grin on his face. And I said, oh, um, well, the Lord's been helping me. No thanks to you, of course, because you wouldn't pray for me, would you? You wouldn't help me, but the Lord helped me. And so uh, this is my experience actually uh, in all churches. They don't like me for some reason. And uh, it goes against what Jesus says, that you should be there for the widow and you should be there for the fatherless. And uh, this pastor as well knew that I've got no family, no husband, I'm on my own here. And so they didn't offer any support. It's a bit like sharks. It's like being thrown in the ocean with a cut and uh, everybody's watching. They could all throw you a rope and help you, um, but they just let the sharks have a, attack you. That's the way it felt. Um, so, and then uh, later, actually, we had a discussion about pork and there was a... Um, a couple of people who had said that they don't eat pork because it's against their religion. I said, oh, is it? Are you Muslim then? <laughs> and they said, oh, no, it's against the, uh, the Bible. Uh, in Leviticus, it says that you mustn't eat pork. I said, oh, but in Acts 10, it says that Peter had had this dream from the Lord, the vision, uh, where he's told that nothing is dirty, nothing is defiled anymore. And they went, oh no, you've misunderstood this. I said, well, let me get it out and read it. And I read it. And in it, Peter's told three times by the angel of the Lord that there is nothing defiled and dirty anymore. Three times. Then he's given the sheet with the, you know, the animals. Um, and these people say, well, that's the Gentiles, the Gentiles and um, all of that. So, well, obviously there's God's chosen nation and 
If people decide to believe in Jesus, then they are also included in the salvation through the blood of Christ. And they would come through the, that to be the tribe of Judah through the blood. So um, then I was like, right, yeah. And then I said, well, they said, oh, it's, you know, because we're Gentiles. I said, well, no. I said, well, I'm not a Gentile. <laughs> I'm, I'm tribe of Judah and um, a Levite and a Nazarite. I said, um, I said, you don't realize what happened. God sold us all. God's children don't even know who they are. Those ones that pretend to be God's children, the fake Jews in fake Israel are not God's children at all. They're, they're Satan's children. And they didn't, I don't think they followed. But they've been so brainwashed. And so I want to bring this up because what I've noticed, it's uh, the participants of the church are indoctrinated with what the theme of that church is and their belief system. And it's become like a little bit of a cult. Because also what I noticed is they got quite... Um, firm with their belief telling me that I should look at it again and ask the Holy Spirit and I said no I've already read the Bible I know the Bible thanks and the, the Holy Spirit has helped me I haven't gone to church um, and I said to them I said so have you read uh, Maccabees or um, any of those books I said oh no it's not authorized canon I said, it's not authorized canon. You mean, what do you mean it's not authorized canon? Well, it's not authorized for us to read it. I said, by whom? By man. I said, God tells you not to trust man. I said, even Jesus said the writers of the law hid the knowledge. And, uh, you know, we're supposed to read these books. We are. And so, and I said, well, I'm taught by the Lord, not by man. I'm authorized by the Lord to preach the gospel by the Lord. And um, so what I'm finding is people listen to man. They don't listen to God. So the other thing I've noticed, you see, if someone has been indoctrinated by the church, I believe what happens is the Holy Spirit is squashed down into a corner and it's not allowed to speak because of the indoctrination that's happening in the churches. This is why I think. You see, if you study the Bible with the Lord, the Lord's Holy Spirit will give you all the understanding. But if you haven't got the Holy Spirit, then you won't have any understanding. But also, not only this, you may be a believer in Christ and come to Christ and go to a church and your Holy Spirit might be squashed down. Um, how can I put it? Uh, like roped up. 
not able to speak, not able to give you the guidance. Because the Lord says it's no longer you that will speak, it is the Holy Spirit. And I know this happens because I know after I'd spent this night in the hotel and my head was so sore from having all of this stuff done to me. My head was raw sore, boiling hot, and um, really aching. And the Lord helped me. And uh, then I felt okay, and I was preaching, and I was preaching to these three young lads, and the words that came out of my mouth were so intelligent, so incredible, there was no arguing with what I said. And they all handed their lives to Christ. They all did the sinner's prayer, all three of them. And it was incredible. I wish I'd recorded it. But there's no way I had the intelligence to say what I said. It was the Holy Spirit in me. Like one time I was at a service and there was a pastor and he, um, there's someone who had killed themselves, right? And he was talking about it in the service. And he was saying, how very dare you, Jesus? Let him die and let him kill himself and all this nonsense. And I wasn't impressed. And he was a, um, an American guy. And uh, anyway... The Lord said, I've got something to say. So I was like, okay. And sometimes you're not sure you really hear from the Lord. Okay, and this is before I read the Bible. So I looked for the pastor and I couldn't find him, but I found the other pastor. And I said, oh, Um, I was by the front door. I said, um, the Lord has something he wants you to know. And he went, oh yes, what's that? I said, there's no death in Jesus. And he looked at me and then looked away and went off somewhere like I was crazy. Anyway, when I heard this come out of my mouth, I thought, wow, that's clever. (laughs) So I actually texted to myself, there's no death in Jesus. I thought, what does that mean? That's very clever. There's obviously a lot more to this than meets the eye. Sounds like, right, okay. And so then I went and uh, wrote this down and I emailed them also. And I had no reply. (laughs) This is just another church that didn't like me either never joined me to their WhatsApp group and never invited me to their home school. This is before I read the Bible. Um, so, very interesting it is. Um, so I've had some very, very bad experiences at the churches. Um, and with people who claim to be Christians some nice people I think in the churches but I think that what happens is people go to the church and they believe everything they hear and they don't study for themselves 
And the thing is, when we get to judgment, the Lord is not going to suffer any fools gladly, you know. If you say, oh, well, so-and-so told me this, or um, I believed my, I, I listened to my priest, and this is why I believe this, or whatever. I mean, you might have an exam when you die. There might be an exam which you've got to pass to prove that you're a child of God. Can you imagine that? So that wouldn't surprise me. That you get tested. And the Lord will ask you, can you please tell me uh, the descendants of Isaac? Or can you tell me who Rahab was? You know, that kind of thing. Now, the other thing about Rahab is another thing that's very interesting, is there's two Rahabs. There's the Rahab that uh, was uh, Judah's son's wife, and he would promised her that, you know, when the other son reached the right age, she could marry him. And then she actually pretended to be a prostitute to sleep with Judah to have his child. And, um, and he paid her with a sheep. But because he didn't have a sheep with him, he gave her his ring and his staff and I think his cloak also. And so then when he went to um, go and get them back with the sheep, with his servant, she wasn't to be found. And then later he found out she was pregnant. And in those days, if you were pregnant without a husband, you know, you were stoned to death kind of thing. So then she told them, you know, here's the ring and the staff of the person who made me pregnant. And uh, so that's very interesting. Then you've got the one in uh, Jericho, I think it is, the prostitute. So we've got two. Now, I think that's interesting. Because they always go on about this other one. And I wonder if they're wrong. Only because I've studied it. And I ask questions like this. So yes, back to the churches. <laughs> it's such a very interesting discussion today. It's all the things that go through my mind. So, you know, Jesus, when he was here, he said, any kingdom that is divided will not stand. So I want to know, why are all the churches following different doctrine and different belief structures? And why? What is going on? Am I missing something? From my point of view, somebody somewhere has told me lies. And this is a problem. Because if they represent Jesus Christ, these churches, all following different belief structures, then I've got to ask the question, why don't they all follow the same format? Why don't they all sing from the same hymn sheet? I mean, we've all got the same book, haven't we?
Okay. So let's go back to the book. We've got the King James Bible, 1611. Then we've got the Tyndale Bible, 1535, I think, or something. Earlier than that, everyone says, oh, you must read the King James Bible. It's the only authorised Bible. Really? Well, Tyndale's earlier than that. And that's where we get the New Living Translation and uh, NIV as well. And the King James was uh, translated from that Tyndale Bible. Then we got the Wycliffe Bible. Mr. Wycliffe was in Oxford and he he ridiculed the churches because they put stupid people in charge of the churches to dumb down the people so they wouldn't know the truth. And he also had a go at them for doing the bread and the wine, drinking and all this, the body of Christ that it was a mockery of God and that became an idol in itself. And I agree with him. Um, So, hmm. it's very interesting. So, I don't know. Um, So there's a lot that's happened this week, a lot I've thought about, a lot that's been sort of discussed a lot of things I've thought about and um, it's made me realize that if God was here, he'd be cross with the churches. He would, because they're not there for the fatherless and they're not there for the widow and they're not there for people who need them. And this is when Jesus says, I never knew you. Because the, you get the people say, oh, I cast out demons and I did all this and diddly dumb and all the other stuff. And Jesus said, I never knew you. It's an interesting thing. It's a very frightening thing to think about that Jesus is going to turn around and say to a lot of these people, I never knew you. You see, for me, fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. And um, so I'm uh, surprised. So like the behavior of some of these guys that are supposedly ministers of Christ, who have a lot of respect because everybody looks up to them, they're just like the ones that Jesus spoke to. He calls them um, snakes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees seducers and the far I see as in can't see and they twisted all the laws when I was in this uh, chat about the the meat I said well no you're just like uh, what Paul says in Galatians you're Judaizing the Bible I said we don't have to have circumcision anymore because we're circumcised on the hearts um, and, and then they had this, yeah, but that doesn't mean about those other laws. I said, well, no, if we're circumcised on the heart, there's nothing unclean. It applies to the meat as well. So, and, and they were just so determined. It was so interesting. And I said, but you can read the Bible and make any 
interpretation. But I said, and they said, but this is like a parable. I said, it's not a parable. Parables are one thing. These are not parables. So, we're all made alive in Christ. We're all circumcised on the heart. We have the laws written on our hearts. Treat your brother as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others how you wish to be treated. Show the love of Christ, as in the fruit, as in how you behave. But um, so disappointing it is. So I think we need somebody to go around the churches and tell them to get their act together. I'm worried about all the churches and I'm worried about the people within them because when I bring someone to Jesus Christ, I thought to myself, where can I send them? Because I don't actually feel confident with any church that I've been to. All of them are a disappointment. Which brings me to another subject. Since the people who have done this to me with all the uh, problems, I am now looking at starting my own uh, Bible study workshops run from Devon. Um, so there'll be two week and four week and six week and six months and year study groups with accommodation, Bible school, to learn the Bible, the essentials, to get yourself up to speed, because we're not getting taught by the churches. Um, so this is what I was thinking of doing. And so this is a development. Because um, I, I really like to study the word. And so with everything that had gone on with me, I think it would be so nice to go away and just have a couple of weeks studying the Bible. So obviously, I think this is what I'm going to be doing. So I normally have students here. But these people have decided to cut off my income stream for that. So this is what I'm now looking at doing. Um, and um, I will also be looking at doing recordings of the, the Bible school teachings and also uh, having them translated into other languages, the essentials. Um, I mean, you can't actually beat studying the Bible yourself. You really can't. There's only 66 books in the Bible, everyone. Now, I know that the first few books, certainly the first five books, are big. And that would take you a bit of time to get through. But after that, most of the books are quite small. So, please, please, get your head around the Bible. The other thing I was saying to my friend Cornelia is the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, unless you've read all the other books, there's a big gap of information that 
I found was there. And um, I felt, you know, I got some of the answers by reading all the other books. Um, I also believe that Ezra is Esther. Because it's the same times as Daniel and Nehemiah. It's in the descendants. You can track it through the generations. Also, Jesus was killed at Golgotha. And all the Roman descendants have got the Gotha in their name. And then you've got the Queen of England who changed her name from Gotha to Windsor. Very interesting it is. So I believe that they reset everything and I-700s became 1-700s. And I think they continued this into the 1800s with I-800, just to confuse everybody. Because Daniel tells me in the Bible, in Daniel 10-12 or 12-10, I think it is, that uh, they'd be changing the times and the places. So I believe this has happened. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is the 666. Now, the 666 number is six score six score six, I think. Now, when I t calculated this, I got 2012. I got 12 to our 12. And I also got, um, um, what was it? Um, 76 times two times three. So 218,000 by playing around with the numbers. So you've got uh, two strands of DNA, 72,000 each, 144,000 together. With an extra strand added in, it now is 218,000. This is the mark of the beast with this uh, injection. The mark of the beast is here. Um, what else have I heard? I heard that there were a couple of really big earthquakes as well this week. Um, I heard that there's going to be more lockdowns coming. I heard that uh, the interest rates are going to go up to 15%. There's that O'Looney guy, you know, the funeral director. He did a video recently and I watched it. And he was saying that all of our um, people that have come over from Turkey, or I'm not sure if they're from Turkey, but they uh, were trained in Antalya in Turkey. And they've told a few people, we're not here as your friends. You know, we're here to do a job. So we've got um, foreigners that have come here. They're staying in hotels for nothing. And I'm talking really lovely locations as well. With a whole hotel is full of these guys and they're men 
big men, army trained. So there's that. Then there's all the robots. I don't know if you've seen them, but they've got the robotic dogs and stuff, which have been seen in the States, which are, you know, also in China, and they go around with speakers telling everyone to stay in their houses. Um, so interest rates are going to go up to 15%. So if you own a house, um, your mortgage is going to go up by £1,200 minimum. So I don't actually have any property because everything I had got taken from me. Um, through my own errors, I was ripped off by a builder and that messed with my credit. And then after this, I struggled ever since to run a business uh, with a bad credit profile. Um, and so it was a struggle all the way through with no family or anyone to support me. So it was, you know, difficult to maintain uh, mortgages when tenants didn't pay their rent and they trashed your house and stuff like this. So I had three properties and, uh, and I lost them all. But I don't mind because actually a mortgage is a mortuary deed. And the reason the kings and queens are coronated is because only someone who deals with the dead can coronate the dead as in a coroner. So I believe what's happening is that um, Satan rules this world and he's the dead, isn't he? So if you own anything here, you're a bit, you can't buy someone someone's property if they're dead. So if your grand dies, she can't sell her property anymore because she's dead. And this is why it all returns to the government. Because the government is all part of Satan's system. I believe when we were sold into slavery, that the Lord gave rules, that they were meant to give us the opportunity to come back to the Lord and that's where these churches have come in. As in the Roman Catholic churches. Notice it's Roman. So this is Babylonian. As in the Latin writing that we get on all the um, flags, birth certificates and money system. Babylonian system. Um, and the Lord in selling us for nothing. We don't have a bill of sale so we don't know we're slaves. Um, and only Satan's people can succeed, as in, like the music industry. Everything's copyrighted to the dead. When you go for an acting position, you're cast for the role, as in you cast a spell for the dead. Witches, same thing. They're not real. That's why it's witch. Which one? As in, it's not real. Not really there. Um, the world, as you know, it's not what we think. Um, I've seen glitches in the matrix also uh, in my timeline, had same things happening over and over. And I thought, oh, what's that about? Am I, am I imagining it? No, I'm not. Um, I've had these weird things happen. Um, I had it last time I was hacked actually in 2015. When I was hacked in 2015, I felt like someone was trying to take me over. I think this is very much what's going on. 
Oh yes, after the lightning, I've noticed many more ambulances, many more police cars, many more fire trucks. Suddenly, um, <coughs> just afterwards, like for the next few days, for the next week. But I haven't actually seen that many fire trucks and things today. Um, just maybe three, three police cars today. Um, maybe an ambulance. <coughs> so anyway. Um, the world is, you know, it's just tinkering on the edge. The world is shaking. The other thing is, uh, I had a very bad experience in Turkey on holiday with my daughter. And we, we literally escaped with our lives. Let's put it that way. And when I wrote down all the things that happened, like the room numbers and the booking numbers, it had lots of six, sixes and th ones and threes, six, one, one, three, one. Now, as soon as I knew those numbers, I knew it bad, bad. I thought, no, I don't want to believe that. That was when I was going. Now I'm imagining it. But I've always found that my Holy Spirit warns me of things. Anyway, what the Lord showed me is that at the end times, it'd be similar to this. And it's funny that it would be Antalya, where the people are trained to do the stuff to us. Now, this means that all of our English men will be out fighting in another country when this all happens. So there'll be no one to defend the families. But also, I've noticed a lot of people are becoming uh, different sexes, aren't they? They will not want to be a boy anymore, they want to be a girl, or they don't want to be a girl anymore, they want to be a boy. Um, and this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah, when he sees a man bent over like he's pregnant, about to give birth. So it's the same thing. We've got the, the rainbow, mocking the flood of Noah, but also referring to the times of Noah, as we're told in the Bible. Um, and Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, Sodom is short for sodomy. Yeah. So that's why we had sodomy. That's what sodomy is. That's where it comes from, that name, Sodom and Gomorrah. So then I think, wow, this is so very interesting. So basically what's happened, I believe, is that the beast system is getting much, much stronger. Um, this means that everything in the Bible is true. We're all under attack. It also describes it as if each person is going to be on their own when they're battling these things with just God. So... Have you noticed it? I've noticed it. Families are splitting up. People are behaving weird. People are changing. Uh, they're not themselves anymore. I've also had a way people say something nasty on a text message. 
And then they don't remember even sending that message or they can't remember a conversation they've had. I'm often, I'm getting duplicate things happen as well, where someone will have a conversation with me about one thing and then next minute they'll phone you back up again and they'll ask you something that they've just covered in their own conversation. Are you really answered? As if they didn't call you. As if it wasn't them who called you just now. I'm experiencing this quite frequently. Like they're suffering memory loss or there's a double of them. And then uh, this also makes me think of chat, uh, BT, BT, chat, uh, whatever it is. Um, where they can mimic your voice. They can take a segment of your voice and they can create a whole conversation pretending to be you. So it's very interesting, it is. What does it benefit the man when he sells his soul against the whole world and ends up in hell? Not very much. What happens to someone who sells their soul? Well, they end up with a body and a spirit. The spirit becomes a demonic because only God can create life. So they're a bit like clones. And that's where clones come in. I think, anyway. So all the celebrities who sell their souls, they get cloned. And they lose their soul. Now the soul, I don't know if it stays in the body while they're still here. It looks like it might do. But I believe they've got duplicates of themselves made. I know that Hillary Clinton has got many duplicates and uh, people like Rihanna, she says, oh, when she sings, another a demon takes over and sings for her. So that's very interesting. And the music industry is definitely all controlled by Satan. You can't make it unless you've sold your soul. I don't care what anyone says. The whole system is money. It's a mockery of God's system because you've got the living waters and then you've got the banks next to the living waters. Then you've got Satan's system with the banks and the money. So his water is the money. And that's why he chases the woman with water, money. The money system chases her. So she can't function unless she's part of their satanic money system. That's what it means. And it's also electronic as in water, what, the watts of wattage, and then erring away, going away. So that's what I was shown by the Lord this week about the water, that Satan chases her and spews water, a flood. His living waters, which aren't living, which are dead. So that's the money. As in the material world. Material world. Life of the flesh. Because our um, treasures are in heaven. That's why nothing of this earth should be a bother to us. I believe it's going to come to the point where it's going to be so unpleasant 
for us that we will have to go and live in the mountains and live in tents. I believe that all of this um, electricity and all this that they're using with the 5G, I think it hurts you and I think it damages you. And um, it's Satan's system. They can hack a mind. They can read your mind. They said it. This is what they want to do. You'll own nothing. And you'll be happy. And it says in the Bible that when God comes, if he doesn't come when he does, there wouldn't be anyone left. So, you know, I'm just like, ah. The other thing is I've noticed the it's just weird things happening. Just such weird things that just are not normal. Ambulances turning up all the time, carrying off people's bodies. I believe they take them to the hospital and then they take the bodies to the funeral directors. And uh, in England, you don't get the open casket, so you probably don't get to see the bodies. And then the organs are taken, aren't they? For something else. I know they're after the organs. Oh, there's an ambulance where I am now. Hello, another ambulance. Mm-hmm. We've got to ask questions. What's going on? I don't know, guys. Uh, but the world is very strange. The people are behaving weird. Um, they want to bring out another thing now with another injection. Um, more lockdowns. Where and all the houses are about to be repossessed. And you won't be able to buy or sell or anything without the system soon and i believe that they're going to do a reset they talk about it all the time apparently the uk government has handed everything over to the um world economic forum the who and all the other people and mr sunak is unelected i also wonder what would happen if Boris Johnson was running China. They would kick up a big fuss, wouldn't they? Why have we got an Asian man running England? I don't understand it. I'm not being racist here, but we've all got cultures and our own religious structures within our countries. Why have we not got our own people running our own countries with our own best interests at heart. What's going on? You know? Um, it, it's back to basics, you know, like in the Bible, Abraham, after he'd uh, gone to sacrifice Isaac, and the Lord had told him not to sacrifice his own son, but it was a test to see if Abraham would do it. And Abraham was prepared to do this. And so that's why the, the Lord blessed him. And he became the father of all the nations. Because the Lord tests you. When this happened, Sarah 
died of heart failure, according to the other books. And Isaac was found a wife by Abraham. And he sent his servant to go and look for a wife through, uh, through the way the relatives were. And, uh, and Rebecca was found for him. So in this way, we had our parents choosing our spouses. And a lot of people go, oh, that's bad. That's bad. Well, is it? Because actually your parents, if they really love you, care about you. And they'd make sure they chose someone who would love you and look after you. It's since we stopped following God's ways that we've all gone to pots, I think. And also, you know, when Jesus was here, he was saying about divorce. Um, and um, when I read that, I read it differently to everybody else. You know that. Let me tell you how I read it. So they were going, oh, what shall we do um, about divorce? You know, um, and whose wife is this after such and such has happened or whatever. And Jesus said, it's only because you guys were so stubborn that I allowed divorce. But I say, if you marry someone, you should be staying married. And that anyone who divorces you, yeah, um, for anything other than adultery, then you are still married. The Lord, the Lord sees it this way. Thinking, yeah, this is interesting. You know what the world, I, I see it, is that the Lord was so angry that men would marry women and then kick them to the curb, get them pregnant and abandon them and their babies. And this is what's happening now. This is exactly what Jesus didn't want. And so what I get from people is they say, oh, not allowed to remarry because I'm still married according to what Jesus said. Well, that's nonsense. You've read it wrong. The only reason Jesus was saying this is because you're not meant to divorce your wife. You're meant to stay with your partner forever. And if you don't stay with them, you need to support them. And of course, Jesus would not curse you for remarrying because your first husband hates you now and is trying to destroy you because he cheated on you and he's trying to prove a point to everyone that he is the good guy and you're the worst person in the world, which is what happened to me. If I was to try and find a husband, I know that the Lord would bless me because what I believe Jesus actually meant was that you meant to stay with your partner, your husband or wife. And he was ridiculing what they were doing. They'd undermined marriage. And he was trying to reaffirm what marriage stands for. It's a unity between man and wife and you become one. You can't just kick him to the curb because some prettier little lady comes along or prettier, better looking bloke comes along. No one's got any values anymore. No one values relationships. Marriages are difficult. But you've got to work at it. 
obviously, if you, you're married to someone that beats you or something, then obviously, it's just different. And you do get wicked people. And I think sometimes you can be married to somebody or be with someone for 10, 20, 15 years or like I was and not actually know them. You know, this is where I also think it's interesting. When Jesus turns around and says, I never knew you, what it makes me think is like uh, what happened to me is I was with someone for 12 years and then they hated me and tried to destroy me, do everything they can to destroy me. Even though I've got the children, their own children, they do everything they can to destroy me. So what this showed me is that I never knew the person. I never knew him. And he never knew me. See? Interesting. So that's what I think Jesus means when he turns around and says, I never knew you. So those uh, supposed Christian ministers who are doing the work of the Lord... But then they're actually against those people who go there for support. This is where Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're against me and you're against my father who sent me. And you didn't help me. Oh, yes, we did. Well, what do you mean, Jesus? Well, you didn't help the beggar and you didn't help this person. You didn't help that person. That's what I mean. You didn't help me. So This is what Jesus means when he says you've got to love your brothers as yourself. And this is also, I think, what he means when he says, I never knew you. And I don't think he would curse you if you did marry someone. Like, if you were so badly treated that, um, you know, your husband left you for some younger bird and got married three times and tried to everything he could to destroy you and you met someone else uh, who was a godly person, I don't think God would uh, in any way curse you. I think he would support you. But also God becomes your husband. So this is just my way of thinking because our God is a righteous God and he loves us. But, you know, it's interesting how people can read the Bible and get different interpretations. You see, I believe our God is a righteous God. He's full of love and mercy and support and grace. And... I also want you to think for a second that um, Satan, the devil, was a very, very beautiful angel, very, very high up in the rankings. And he decided he wanted to be like God. And he turned one third of the angels away from God. Now, I want you to think about that. Now, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? How your people, after knowing them so long, can turn against you like that, which is what happened to God. Now, the angels are called children of God, and we're also called children of God. Don't you think that's interesting? Now, the other thing I find very interesting is we've got Jesus, who's the son of man. And then we've also got Ezekiel, who is son of man. When when God talks to Ezekiel, he says, son of man. (laughs) So there's lots of different things I'm getting from the Lord about these things. It's hard to concentrate when I'm under 
this electronic attack. I do find it hard to concentrate sometimes. But <laughs> I think everything happens for a reason. I want you to know that God's with you. Yes. And if God's with you, who can defeat you? Because God's name is I am. And when you say I'm going to the shop, I know that God's with me because I'm, I'm saying I am going to the shop. Oh, I created another song for the Lord today. You want to hear it? Okay. Rock and roll. Hello, my Lord. How are you? Well, that's wrong, actually. It's uh, it went like this. Hello, my God in heaven. Hello, my God in heaven. And I can't remember the rest, but it went like this. And uh, and it was, um, I sing your praises. I sing your glory. Hello, my God in heaven. How are you today in heaven? The great I am, the great I am. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hello, my God in heaven. How are you today in heaven? Our Sabbath day is so glorious. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. Hello, my Lord in heaven. I praise you, Lord in heaven. My God of heaven and earth. I praise your holy name. I have victory in Jesus' death. He's alive inside me, I know it. Oh, praise your holy name. Hello, my God in heaven. My God in heaven. Oh, yes, I know. I know my God in heaven. And if he's with me, then who can be against me? Oh, praise you, God of heaven and earth. The mighty God I am. Mighty Jesus, King of kings. The living God who's alive inside me. Oh, praise your holy name. Hello, my God in heaven. Praise your holy name. I love you, mighty God. I thank you for loving me. Praise your holy name. Say hello to everyone in heaven. I pray for my brothers and sisters on your Sabbath day. I cast out all the demons and hexes, the witchcraft and all the demonic. I curse them to hell. I pray for all the people.
I pray for all of us. We may be unified through love of Christ. The body is built together, that the head may be unified. We may all be joined to Christ. Hello, my God in heaven. Praise your holy name. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I thank you, Lord, for dying for me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you, Lord, I have victory. I have victory over my enemies. Praise you, God of heaven. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Amen. So it goes like that, and you just make it up as you go. It's a bit like the one last week. I think you could do so much with it. So what I got from the Lord uh, yesterday was um, pull yourself together. Um, get a grip. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Tidy your house. Stop living like you're going to die. And uh, take back your home. Take authority in it. Take authority in your Wi-Fi. Get your internet working. Get your everything working. And continue. And I did. And you know, I cleaned my house. Uh, I did so much yesterday. I felt so good afterwards. Even though, you know, I was, my head was hurting while it was going on. And I know the Lord is helping me. And, uh, you know, change all the bedding, put the washers on, put uh, all that kind of thing. And uh, vacuumed and fixed the vacuum and got everything nice. And, wow, I felt so much better. Uh, Gave the kitchen a clean, you know. And it's true. Satan is dirty. God is clean. And so I think uh, if your house is getting dirty and full of dust, that's Satan's way of getting control over you as well. Because a messy house and a messy, all of this, messy mind, not clean, not fresh. And I also found this with uh, things when uh, I was under demonic attack. Cleaning the windows lifted the whole house. It was like, wow, what an amazing experience. So definitely clean your windows. <laughs> I know it sounds odd, but it's true. And uh, and just wiping down, you know, the bin and wiping down uh, the wall behind the bin and just, you know, keeping an eye on things. Uh, dust accumulates very quickly, I've noticed. Um, and so, yeah. Just giving it a, just keeping on top of it all in your mind and in your spirit. So I did all of this and I had an amazing uh, day yesterday doing all of this, even though my head hurts a bit. And, uh, and I went to sleep with the Bible playing and, um, I prayed to the Lord that he would protect my head, uh, from all the uh, radiation and the ele- over electric and all the extra wiring and the devices hurting me and things. And the Lord protected me, and I managed to sleep, even with the Bible playing quite loud. Uh, because I felt that's the only way to protect myself, is just to play the Bible now. And that's what I do. And so I just wanted to share that with you, that the Lord is with us. 
and uh, so I had a good night and then uh, this morning uh, it was all okay um, and then then it, it's all started <laughs> and there's been a battle all day to just even get the sermon out to do this uh, sermon with you uh, praise his holy name mighty God so uh, I think they've hacked the Apple TVs is what I've been shown and they've got devices and things as well to control the electrics through the Wi-Fi. Um, so yeah, it's very hard to get control of it all. But I know the Lord has given me victory. Uh, so in this way, so no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54 colon 17. I know this. The Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I believe this too. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. I believe this too. Uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, colon 1. What does this mean? Well, it means everything in the Bible's true. But I also believe as you read the word, it goes in your eyes, through your pineal gland, and into who you are. And it becomes you. The word becomes you. As in alive inside you, the Holy Spirit comes alive. And this is where... You, only you can interpret the Bible with the Holy Spirit. You can't be taught by man. Cannot. Cannot rely on man. Can't trust in man. Uh-uh. Got to trust in God with all our learning and uh, all of this, these things. So this is what I think the Lord means with everything. I hope you've enjoyed this sermon today. It's totally off the cuff. It's just to give you an update on everything I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. Um... Uh, Oh, yes, after the lightning, uh, <laughs> I noticed something different. Okay, so because I think, you know, it, I noticed in the house that the vibrating wasn't going, but also I noticed my head wasn't hurting. So the vibrating doesn't happen as much, but it just still happens. Um, but the head hurting uh, changed. And I noticed that my head and my teeth were numb like I had numb tongue and teeth and mouth and jaw like I was in the dentist I thought this is odd I thought this must be one of the things they're doing what do I say changed it outside I thought I'll go outside I went outside still the same so I thought right so this is generic so it's probably they changed the frequency of whatever they're doing um, and then I noticed that, uh, the, the heavy head and the sore head's back again now. So, and it's a combination of numb, not either numbness or vibration floor or hurting head. It's either one or the other or all of it at once. Hmm. So I, I call on all of you who are listening, if you know anything about electricity and you work, you're in England, please help me. <laughs> they've done it all through my lighting and they've actually powered up a supply to certain things because I can't get my lights to work, but they've put, done something um, and uh, with my fire alarms also. Um, so... And they've hacked everything. So you're very welcome to uh, email me, admin at godfm.org.uk. 
but you may find I don't respond because it might be hacked. So the other thing is to go on our website, www.godfm.org.uk and phone the telephone number for GodFM. If you still don't get a response, then please comment on BitChute or YouTube or whatever. And bear in mind that everything I have has been hacked. Okay, it's getting harder and harder for people to reach me. I found that many people have said, oh, you don't answer your phone, you don't reply to text messages. I've lost business for my estate agent in this way. Uh, because people say, oh, you know, I couldn't get hold of you. Um, so um, I've also got a friend who said, oh, you know, I, I thought you weren't talking to me anymore. I said, oh, of course I am. She said, well, you didn't reply to any of my messages. I said, I'm sorry, phone's been cloned, hacked, uh, the whole works. Sorry, don't know what I'm dealing with here, but it's impossible it is. <laughs> um so if you know anything about these sort of things too let me know websites emails and uh, securing things so that you can't be hacked please contact me hmm. it's ayesha from god fm you can find us on pod podbean uh bitchute spotify amazon samsung chrome iheart radio all of those we're on youtube rumble uh bitchute as i say Telegram, God FM News, God FM Bible School, God FM Sermons, God's Home School, um, and uh, all of those things. Also run God's Missionaries, um, so lots of different things. We're also looking, as I say, with the Bible School and teaching the Bible, Ooh, more police cars, um, is to uh, maybe even do safaris. Oh, two police vehicles. It's just the same every day. Um absolutely incredible it is it's like something of a movie isn't it i, d I think we're all experiencing similar things just uh, i don't know what's happening let me close with this sinner's prayer i love you all in christ i want you to know i pray for you all and uh, and i love you all and uh, i'm only a phone call away or an email away um or you can contact me on telegram as well um aisha hart um a-Y-E-S-H-A, and then heart, H-A-R-T. Okay. Uh, let's close with the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you are the Son of God and that you came here and died on the cross for my sins and shed your blood for me to set me free from death, sin, and darkness and the devil. I thank you, Jesus. I know I'm a sinner and I beg forgiveness for my sins. I wish to follow you. And be with you all the days of my life. Please never let me go. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies in the name of Jesus Christ. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons, the Masons, or tarot readers, Ouija boards, or pagan festivals. I ask that you break those chains of any generational curses on me, my family, past, present and future. But also any current witchcraft or demonic things that have been put on me and my family or my house or my children or my fa my grandparents or my family in any way, animals, any things that have been brought in my house, any person that has brought demonic things in, I command those demonic things out. I break those chains. I break any witchcraft. I break any curses on you and your life and who you are, 
and I ask the Lord to release the blessings that are for us as children of God. I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ across the world that you will be released from all demonic attack, that the fire of Elijah will surround you and your home and your life and me as well, and that the Lord will command his angels around us to protect us against all of Satan and his cronies and his demons. I cast out all witchcraft, demons, hexes, witchcraft or anything evil in England. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses and witchcraft and Satan and his cronies out of the world. And against any child of God, I cast them out in the blood of Christ. I have authority in the living God. I have authority over the dead to step on serpents and cast out demons. And I do this in the blood of Christ, the living God, the blood of the Lamb, the one that opens the scroll of Revelation. The great I am, the mighty King of Kings, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for loving me. I ask that you pour us blessings in every respect that you know we need. Financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Give us the wisdom and understanding to navigate this world. Give us patience, endurance, strength and power in your word. Authority in it too. Understanding. Love. Kindness. All the qualities that Christ gave to us. That we may demonstrate who Christ is by the way we behave. That others may come to Christ through us. By us shining the light of Jesus to others. I pray this now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But also that you'll give us favor under all our superiors and the people who are over us. Our bosses, our landlords, our mortgage companies, our banks. That you'll shield us with your protection. And you'll hide us from the enemy. And protect us with a hedge around us and that if any of us are under attack by those who are possessed by demons that you will cast out those demons and put a big gate around our houses and around our homes and around our properties and our vehicles and our loved ones that they may know the power of the Lord and that every knee will bow before the Lord that all our enemies will never succeed against us because we are children of God. And we have power in, in Jesus Christ, in the power of the living word who comes alive inside us. It's no longer us that speaks the word, but the spirit inside us. That Jesus left with us, his helper. Praise his holy name. We must remember that Jesus is with us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for everyone that there's healing also in, in your body. Whatever illness you have, whatever ailment, whatever problems you have, whether it's a mental problem, emotional problem, any of those problems, I ask the Lord to heal you right now. I pour the blood of Christ over all my listeners. I share the love of Christ with you all. We're all unified through the body of Christ and Jesus is with us. And if Jesus is with us, who can be against us? I love you all. Jesus loves us. And he is with us. 
and I'm also with you. I love you all. It's Aisha from God FM. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Take care.